Megan. Hi. We are at the sixes. We're here. We're almost done. Which is wild. I think we say that every week now, but still, it's so weird. It's wild every week. The wilder and wilder it gets. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about our sixth guest. She is a repeat. First repeat besides you, of course. You're kind of like a You've literally been on the podcast so much, you don't even know that we can call you a repeat at this point. You're just, like, on the show. Part of the podcast. Basically, yeah. Um, how's your week going? Um, pretty good. It's been pretty insane already, but that's oh, just yeah. COVID teacher life, or COVID speech therapist life, so. Classic. Classic. So fun. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week. It feels like it should be a short week but it's not. No, nope, it's not. I don't think we have any short weeks for a while, in fact. Yeah, I have, like, a random week in November where I have, like, a random day on a Tuesday. Well, I'm taking a half day on Friday, so I do get a little Good. bit of Good. I have a... I actually work a wee bit early Friday, which is always nice, um, but no one cares about that. That's not why we're here. Uh, but it should be. We'll just do a whole episode dedicated to our work schedules next. We'll talk about that. I'll tell you all guys all about weird things my kids say in speech, and it'll be great. And I can tell you all about um, brides, which is its own category. Here, I'll add one. So um, here's a fun thing my kids say. My kids said this week, I said, we're learning about letters. Um, and I said, does, a, is there a G in orange juice? And I had one kid go, no, Miss Rich, there's only vitamin C. Duh. So confused. <laughs> this is why I was asking. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Well, there you go, everybody. There's speech therapy for the week. Done. Done and done. Yeah, we're starting to get uh, clients for 2022 already. Oh that's insane. Yeah. I know. I'm like, hey, I'll take it though. Give me all the business. We got like a ton of leads last week. But again, no one cares. That's not why we're here. Uh, Radio show. (laughs) I know. I feel like, so Megan and I are doing this via Zoom, which we haven't done in a while. So it's probably just like, we're so used to being right in the room with each other. So it's just like, okay, let's get started. But yeah, seriously. This is a normal, this is not a normal phone conversation. Um, okay, so let's talk about the sixes. Okay, so sixes are actually the ones that I know the least amount about. Interesting. interesting. I've actually never um, known a healthy six really well. Um, mm. I just found out that one of my friends is a six, so I'm learning more about them. Yeah. Um, just found her type so I technically do know a healthy six but um knowing someone on the Enneagram and them knowing the Enneagram I have only known unhealthy sixes so mm. so but the six is called the loyalist um their basic fear is of being without support and guidance their basic desire is to have security and support and their deadly sin is fear um they are fearful of all of the what-ifs. They are fearful of um, basically losing relationships, losing understanding of beliefs, losing societal things that they believe in, everything. It kind of 
exceeds the extent of some people with anxiety. Yeah. It's interesting. I have a lot of friends that are sixes and I think they're for the most part all pretty healthy. Uh, but yeah, just knowing what I know about them, they definitely apologize a lot and they're usually thinking of scenarios I would never in a million years think about, honestly. Yeah, no. It's a totally different world for them. Okay, so let's talk about the healthy, the average, and the unhealthy sixes. What do those look like? Okay, so a healthy six at their best um, is really self-affirming. They're really trusting of other people. Um, They're really independent. That's one of the other things about sixes is that they are like very reliant on others. Um, So kind of the opposite of the five. Yeah. Um, And they kind of have a belief in themselves rather than the belief in like society rules other people's beliefs. Um, So they're able to like express themselves. It's very fun. Um, Average level, um, sixes are having trouble. um, So they're starting to invest their time and energy into whatever they believe will be safe and stable. So that might be relationships. That might be um, a belief system. That might be a political system, anything like that. Um, I've actually heard that sixes are like the most, like the most type on the Enneagram. They're the most common type on the Enneagram. I believe that actually. I've heard that they're the most common type of the Enneagram. Um, and I've also only heard about this for the sixes, but I have only heard it a few times with like very in like deep Enneagram people where they talk about the counter type. Um, and the only one I've heard about them talk is the sixes. Um, where their counter type is basically like they don't have any fear. Um, and they like there is some belief that if the counter type is true, that a lot of politicians are counter sixes, which is very interesting. Interesting, yeah. So the counter six, okay. Um, and then the unhealthy sixes, they have they have this fear that their security is ruined, something is wrong. Um, they are panicky. They are feeling inferior. Um, they feel defenseless. They're looking for stronger authority. Um, like they are just, they can become violent if they're really, really far. Um, they're kind of looking to escape in the hopes that they will feel safe. Um, so they might grasp onto anything that feels safe, which could be really unhealthy. So. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So knowing unhealthy sixes, that's probably pretty uh not ideal (laughs) it's it's very interesting um i know a lot of unhealth well the couple of unhealthy sixes that i know kind of grasp on to random beliefs Mm. Um, and they just they jump very quickly between those and it's very interesting because all the all of them that i know are christians um but they really jump between things and I think sometimes it's like they're not hearing from God so they're fearing that he has left them so they're going to jump to this other area um a lot of times it's just not fully coinciding with a Christian belief sure Um, yeah they might jump politically they might jump to like feeling just while finding security in their career um any any type of thing and there's just a lot of jumping around um and they're they're very so one of the things the thing the six 
brings to the table is they're very, very loyal. Like they are the type of person that the ship is going down, like the Titanic is sinking. There are five inches left and they are like, I'm going to stick with this ship. Um, be their downfall, but it's also um, like what they bring to the table is they are super, super loyal and they will believe in you. Um, so if you have something worth believing in, if you have something that makes them feel safe, they 100% believe in what you're doing. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Uh, it's interesting because I, um, when I first took the Enneagram, it told me I was a six. Yes, and the core fear, desire, all that just did not match up with me, honestly. So I always look forward to hearing from sixes because I kind of try to see like, okay, is this straight something that I have? Is it not? And it's like, no, I'm two through and through. Uh, okay, very cool. Is there anything else we should know about the sixes? Um, basically, they go to three in stress and they go to nine in health, which we've talked yep. about both. So. Yes. Yes. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. So gotta love those stress points. Oh yeah. That could be its own series, honestly. Really good. Next year. Next year we'll do it. Okay. Well, if you have nothing left to say about the sixes, I have nothing left to say, say about the sixes. Let's bring in Callie, who was our gal for Compassion many months ago. Talk about what it's like to be a six. Let's do it. Okay, welcome back to P for Podcast, Callie Kirby, our Enneagram 6, our compassionate Enneagram 6. You're so sweet. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I mean, when were you on? That would have been, I swear that was like early June, maybe May. That was a long time ago. I feel like maybe May, but I could be wrong. Because you would have been the third guest. Yes, it was before we were, it was before we were too far into COVID to where uh, we hadn't had our Zoom meeting where I cut Jonah's hair with you and Alex in the video. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> yes. So fun facts, uh, Callie is an old coworker of mine. We have both gone separate ways uh, with our lives, but that's okay. Uh, this is Callie and Megan's first time meeting each other, and they're both my faith uh accountability partners so this is really fun to have everybody here uh also callie's husband is officiating my wedding Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. so that's awesome um okay so callie we kind of just you know said your name like four times but that's okay tell us who you are what you do and something you collect Yes, so I am currently an office and marketing manager for a startup technology company, and I actually get to work with my husband now, which is really cool, and it's actually been working out well, so we're really excited about that. And something that I collect, I wanted to make it different since I've been on before, so this time I'm going to say 
uh, seashells from the beach. We used to live in California, so I've collected some really cool seashells that like literally look like they were painted, but no, they were just painted by God. So it's really fun. Um, and my little nieces and nephews get into them every time that they're at my house. So it's super cute. That's awesome. What's that uh, tongue twister, something seashell? Sally seashell shore something. <laughs> Sally sells she sells at the seashore. <laughs> Sally sells seashells at the seashore, by the seashore, by the seashore. seashore. Sally sells, okay, yeah, we're not, it's it's a Monday. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. You used to be able to do that back in like the sixth grade choir days. Um, okay, well, super cool, super, super cool. Uh, I always forget that you lived in California. I don't know why. Yeah, it was a good, crazy year. Yes, 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 yes. I would love to be at a beach right now, honestly. I know, I would too. That sounds nice and relaxing. Anything other than the city or the burbs? View of construction out the window? Just (laughs) stunning. Just stunning. Okay, well, I'm ready to talk about the Enneagram. Are you guys ready to talk about the Enneagram? Yes, I am. Always ready. Always Always ready. That is the spirit. (laughs) Callie, how did you discover your type? How did you figure out you're a six? And what did that process look like for you? Yeah, so I first discovered my type after taking a quiz that my sister forced me to take. She became like so in love with the Enneagram and like what it was doing for herself and for her marriage. And so she was like forcing everyone in the family to take the test. And so I finally took it. And for me, the process was pretty easy. Um, And once I read the results, it did make sense for my personality type. Um, But of course, like nothing ever matches up to a T, but it was pretty dang accurate. So I was like, yep, that's me. So (laughs) not too challenging to figure out that that was me. I love that everyone is basically forced into taking the test by someone else. (laughs) That's That's why everyone do it. Yes, that is generally the how of the discovery. Someone forced you at some point or typecasted you or whatever it was. They shouldn't typecast you. Shame, shame. Shame, shame. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't typecast. Some people like like our last guest were uh, the exception to the rule. Um, (laughs) That is true. That is true. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So do you like being a six? How did you feel whenever you got that result? Yes. So... I mean, I think for me, like my main thing, like when I was first taking the Enneagram was it was hard for me because I was like, how can every human fit into nine different types? And like, I still uh, talk to Laura about that all the time, but that's just part of like my skepticism that I have, like in my personality. Um, But it was really an overwhelming feeling of like, okay, a lot of people struggle with the similar things that I struggle with. And so it made me feel less like a Martian, like, okay, like, it's normal to think of the worst case scenarios. There's not something wrong with my brain, like other people do it too. Um, And so that was kind of like, I guess, like, okay, like, it kind of overwhelming sense of like peace of reassurance of like, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, And it helped me kind of understand why I was acting in unhealthy ways in my marriage, because I kind of I took the test like during the beginning years of my marriage. And so I think when you live with someone, you know, and you're finally away from your family, you really learn more about your personality. And so taking that test, I was like, okay, these are why like my motives are the way that they are. These is why this is why I'm having a sinful pattern in this way. Um, And so that was really beneficial for me and my walk. Yeah. Okay. 
Very cool. What Enneagram type is your sister? Um, I have two sisters, and so the one that forced me to take the test is a seven. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, she's all about it, and her husband, I think, is a five, but at first, it, he was like a six, but then he realized that was not really his motives, his core motives, um, so yeah, <laughs> a little bit on the opposite spectrum there. Seriously, I love it, though, especially like we learned last week when fives are unhealthy, they pull traits from sevens, so amazing uh, and then Jonah's the enigma right we can't figure out <laughs> what we he can't is. quite figure out who he is I don't know I live with the guy but I I, I'm, I don't know I go back and forth between yeah. I oh uh, I know this is gonna sound crazy but a three or five and an eight it's hard to know which one <laughs> we'll get with Megan after the episode and let her yeah. analyze the heck out of this <laughs> exactly we'll have to sit down with Megan she'll help us figure it out yeah maybe I don't know the ultimate test yes a podcast of its own yes just interviewing your husband the whole time and then (laughs) after the fact posting a poll and be like okay what do you think it's like tell this random girl your deepest darkest secrets (laughs) don't be afraid (laughs) right the things you don't want people to know tell a stranger right now yes the Enneagram in a nutshell okay Sometimes it's just kind of nicer to tell a stranger than it is to tell someone that knows you. That is so true. There. Touche. Touche. Okay, well, Callie, you said that you kind of took the test during the earlier years of your marriage, helped you figure out maybe some things that you're doing that maybe not the best. We've all been there. So that kind of gets into our next question about conflict. Um, how do you approach conflict? What does that look like? So... When I, like, I was thinking about this, and I was like, that's kind of hard to think about at first, but for me, I feel like I immediately go into, like, a problem-solving mode, and I'm like, I can't sit on this, and I cannot be patient, like, we have to solve it now, which can be um, super unhealthy and, like, a big flaw of mine, and so I have, like, vivid memories, even as a child, like, me and my sister would get in fights, because, come on, sisters fight all the time, and, like, she needed space, and this is, like, my sister that is, like, a five-wing four, and she, like, needed space, and I was, like, no, we got to hash this out now, (laughs) and so I have vivid memories of her locking me outside of her room, and I was sitting on, like, at the door, and just be, like, let's talk, let's talk, and, like, she was, like, (laughs) not now, and so that's kind of, like, me in conflict. I'm, like, I feel like we just need to solve it in order to be okay, Um, and so that's really, really challenging. And so now I try to like pray to God for guidance before I run head into conflict, like trying to solve it, I guess. Of course, I'm not like looking for conflict, but when it arises. And so I think for me, like the biggest part of conflict is I really like it when both parties are like extremely honest because Mm -hmm. honesty is so important to me. And so like, if there's no honesty, like I feel really defeated. Like, I don't know how to figure out the, like how to solve the conflict, um, But I have gotten a little bit better at leaving things as they are, like if I can't fix it. Um, But that's really hard for me. So I think like the hardest conflict for me is like unresolved conflict where you just, it kind of is what it is. Um, But I keep reminding myself that like I cannot fix everything alone. I have to do that with God. And sometimes I can't do anything. And I just have to either A, ask for forgiveness or B, just have acceptance for what happened, even if it's not my fault and just kind of trust God that he has a plan. But yeah, I just like want to problem solve it like a hundred percent. Oh man. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just solve every problem without question? Absolutely. 
I also appreciate the fact that like besides the eights, you're the first one to be like, I want to solve the problem. Like you're not going to recluse from it, Megan. Um, you're going <laughs> to don't oh, go really. <laughs> yeah, I cannot like I feel like I feel like I'm a little bit overbearing sometimes because people are like, I need time to process. And I'm like, let's process it together instead. <laughs> like, let's just talk. Oh, <laughs> it's too much. I need to back off. I need to respect others and their and their ways that they deal with conflict. What'd you say, Meg? Oh, shoot. I muted myself. Um, I'm oh, my dog is freaking out over here. Um, I'm over here shaking my head because I do not want to process conflict. Um, pretty sure my roommate is my roommate does not know her Enneagram type. She's big into horoscopes. Um, she's trying to convert me to horoscopes. I am not with that. I'm trying to convert her to Enneagram. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. <laughs> But I have gotten her to take the test. Obviously, I don't trust the test all the time. Um, but when she did test, she tested as a six. Um, and she is like that. Like, she's like, let's talk about it. She's literally shown up at Target with a Whataburger um, because I was in a bad mood. I'm like, weird. Um, that's so then, sweet. Yeah, so that was super interesting. And I'm like, nope, I'm disappearing. out. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's hard for us to sometimes like respect other people's space, which is a big flaw that we need to work on. But it's also like, I don't know. That's such a good thing to be self-aware about, though, like to know that like you have to actively be like, okay, maybe this person doesn't want to talk to me right now. I know. I feel like space. Exactly. I feel like my sister was preparing me for marriage because Jonah's like one that needs to like simmer on it think about it calm down and I'm like nope let's hash it out and so I feel like she tried to help me with that before I got married but I just didn't catch the cues in time (laughs) that's funny oh my gosh I can't wait to hear if other sixes agree I love that I love that you're just the problem solver and knowing you in our friendship after all this time that's so true you're the problem solver 100% oh I hope it I hope it's not overbearing no no Okay, good. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Conflict, man. It, uh, I want to go back and just, like, listen to every episode, just the conflict section in compare. Yeah. It is funny because I do have nine friends, and, like, they make, like, they stress me out. I'm like, oh, we got to deal with this. Like, I, I, I understand them because I, I love them, and they're so amazing. But it does, like, I'm just like, well, let's talk. Like, I promise it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be scary. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I don't agree. (laughs) That is amazing. I'm trying to do it while she barks. (laughs) Oh, you're good. We all have dogs here. I was holding a puppy right now, Megan. My dog just had an accident on the floor, which is so fun. I wish I could hold your baby. Three dog moms on one podcast is just. Yeah, can someone come potty train mine? Because <laughs> nope. Teddy, Teddy was pretty awful, so I'm sending you love. Mine's been four weeks, and it's terrible. We're not sorry. Any. It'll get better. But that has nothing to do with Enneagram. <laughs> so speaking of um, potentially awful things, where you're stuck inside and worrying about things. Um, how was quarantine? Yeah, so I feel like it's been really hard, just like it's been hard for everyone. I really miss like hosting and spending time with others. Um, therefore, I go a little bit crazy when I do get to see people like packing 
a mini summer camp into a one night sleepover with my nieces <laughs> and then being dead for the rest of the week. But um, yeah, I feel like for me, it's been like a lot of fear of the unknown. Obviously fixes were very fearful. Um, and so just like asking a bunch of questions and not having answers, like how long is it going to last? Like, is the virus going to hurt me or my loved ones? Like, you know, worrying about all the people that I don't even know that have lost their jobs or businesses. It's been like really heavy. And so like, that's been really challenging not to let that like overcome all of my emotions and like um, affect like my ability to just like move forward, if you will. Um, so it's been a lot of like relying on God because like no one can give me the answers and God can't give me answers, but he can give me peace in this time. And so it's been like a lot of prayer and just kind of like, I have to give trust to something I can't see, which is like really hard. But, yeah. but it's also like, so that Bible verse, and I'm so sorry, it slipped my mind, the exact one in Matthew, but it's like, do not fear anything that doesn't um, harm you spiritually, even if it harms your body or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, sorry, that's like the worst um, paraphrase <laughs> of a Bible verse I've ever heard. But I think you guys know what I mean. And so that's yes. been like the Bible verse I've been telling myself, because I'm like, why am I fearing something that isn't going to change like my walk with Christ in the sense of like, like I'm saved, like I'm going to heaven, like nothing can like stop me now. Like, you know, like yeah. this being worried about a virus is not what God called me to do when he put me on earth during this season. He called me to do other things with my time instead of putting all my time into worry. But I mean, it's been, I mean, there are times when like, it's been hard to get out of bed. I mean, you know, Laura and I lost our jobs during this season. So that was really challenging, but just worrying about people and my people and people I don't know has probably been the most challenging. Interesting. Yeah, that's another answer no one has really given. I think it just goes to show, though, just, like, how deep the sixes emotions run. Like, yeah. of all the Enneagram types, I feel like sixes genuinely care so much about their people, and you're not necessarily asking for much in return, like the twos. So sorry. Mm. Uh you you just want them to be healthy you want them to be happy you want them to be all these things and so like that is such a testament to your character um because yeah you went through your own stuff this season and yet you still found the time to worry about everyone else. I mean yeah that that has been more consuming I think because I knew God was providing for me but I I worry about I guess I worry about him providing for others which is kind of like not good like you know if God's going to provide for me I should trust that he's going to provide for others but it's so hard for me because I feel like I'm in control and yeah. I feel like I have to be the savior of everyone that I love and that's horrible like God is that and so I just it's a lot of just laying my wants down and like trusting that God hears them and sees them but like he has something that's better than what I'm trying to control which is like really hard Ooh, that's um, so hard and it's like I'm never going to be perfect at it I'm trying to be better but I, there's so many days where I'm like crying about something and Jonah's just like, how did you even think of that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, I just, it's just too much. It's like, it's a lot of weight, but yeah. um, it also helps us like, you know, care for others and love them well, but we just have to set boundaries and be healthy about it. So still working on that. Sure. But, that's hilarious. How did you even think of that? That's like, I how did like you not be, know? <laughs> that should be the sixth quote for the graphic. How did they even think of that? <laughs> like God put it in my brain, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Is Darcy giving you attitude, Megan? Giving me major attitude. Looks so soft. She's so cute, though. Little yeah. girl. Yeah, oh my soft. goodness. 
Okay. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, we're at the tail end of all this quarantine. So I feel like things have been getting better. So we will see as schools. <clears throat> yeah, we got a party in. for your wedding. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Yeah. Fingers crossed and toes and arms and eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Uh, <laughs> I want to okay. see that. You kind of talked about it with how much you like care for people. Um, but how do you like to give love? Yeah, so I feel like for me, I like to spend time with people and like plan things for them that I think that they would enjoy. Like I get so much joy out of planning, like so type A. Um, but I like surprising people, which is so funny because I'm terrible at surprises because I cannot keep a secret. So I'll end up surprising someone, but telling them ahead of time. So it's not really a surprise and it ruins it for them, but I'm just like too excited. So I feel like I show love a lot like that, but like, it's so hard for me to like contain it in. Um, and then I love shopping for others, but, um, like, I don't know, it's just kind of fun. Um, but of course, like, I just really like spending time with people and just like talking to them about their problems, listening to them, giving any advice if they want it or if they feel like, or if I feel like it's safe to share. Um, but one thing I feel like I'm not the best at showing love is like words of affirmation. Um, that's like something I really, really struggle with. And so I feel like I'm better at writing words of affirmation than verbally saying them. And I didn't realize that until I got married because like, that's a big thing for Jonah. And it's just like, I just, I, I can write you like a whole love letter, but it's really hard for me to like verbally be like, oh, you did this really good or, or like, remember, I just show it in such a different way. So that is one thing that like, I'm not the best at, um, but hopefully I'm getting better as time goes on. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell us about some of the fun things you've planned while in quarantine this summer for like your nieces and like I'm thinking of the the arts theme. Oh my gosh weekend. so we had an arts so weekend. Fun. I felt bad for those, those little kids. Um, first of all I missed them terribly and I knew that when they went back to school I probably wouldn't see them as much just because of trying to be safe with COVID um, and they didn't have like their specials and stuff and so I wanted to give them an arts weekend and so we did like painting they painted unicorns with us. We did like a video and then we did culinary arts. And so we made pizzas and Rice Krispie treats. And then we did theater arts and we played like a little gestures game and they were so adorable and they had so much fun. Um, and it was so cute. And then for my sister's 30th birthday, we surprised her with a 13 going on 30 little movie watch party. And we like snuck into her house and like hid like a present, like up in the closet, like kind of like where the, um, house was in the movie when she like gets in the closet and like begs that she was 30 or whatever and we had like the little lingerie that she wore with like a coat and like an eye mask and razzles and so I don't know we like to go all out my whole family does I really learned all of this like traits like from my mom like she's just so loving and like I I, I feel like that's like how I've become like who I am today because like I've just had such a wonderful um like she just shows like generosity in ways that like I've never seen before and just love and like remembering like what you need and like what's going on. Like, I don't know, she's an amazing woman. And so I feel like she's just blessed me by like teaching me by her actions. I love that. That's very sweet and very creative. Both of those. How fun is that? It was so fun. I mean, I can't just say it's selfless because I enjoyed all of that too. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Okay. On the flip side, Callie, how do you like to receive love from people? Am I a broad if I say all the ways? I'm just kidding. No, that's totally (laughs) fine. I think my number one is quality time. I mean, for me, quality time isn't just like, okay, we're at the house at the same time. Let's watch a movie. It's like really setting a time, like setting it aside specific time to spend together that we're not on our phones. We're actually trying to connect intentionally. That is like quality time to me. Um, it makes me feel valued. And so that's probably like my number one. And then other things are just like family and friends, like remembering what's going on with you and like sending you encouraging things. Like if you ask for a prayer request and they remember a date and they like, you know, I feel like that just speaks volumes. Cause it's like, okay, I'm actually being heard. And like, they're remembering stuff about me because I have such a great memory. And so when other people remember stuff about me too, it just makes me feel like, Oh, like I'm important. They like, you know? Um, so that's probably like my number two, um, main way that someone can show love to me that I love it best I guess okay I'm guessing that's your love language too what okay sorry to go backwards I feel like you're uh for uh, why can't I think of the word whenever like so I feel like you give gifts I feel like that's how you show love or like experiences Mm -hmm. or even like or exercise yep I feel like that could almost be quality time too, because you're making an effort to give yeah. your time and your creativity and these efforts for people. And then on the flip side, so you like quality time. So maybe you give it in a different oh, yes. more creative way and then you take in the quality time as well. Yes. Quality okay. time is like my number one thing, like a hundred percent. And like, that's the thing is like Jonah's quality time looks a lot different than mine. And so just yeah. learning that in there, not trying to make this like a marriage podcast, but I think you just realize that so much more like in a relationship with um, your, you know, person, you're like, oh, wow. Like uh, we just all show love in such different ways and there's no right or wrong way, but there's some that speak more volumes to us. Yeah. And quality time is definitely for me. Um, or generosity with acts of service, like without you having to ask, like, I don't know. Yes. Like, remembering without me begging you to remember and, and yes. doing things without me asking. I don't know. Active listening. Yes. Because I, yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay, so we've learned a lot about how sixes are compassionate and they're loyal and they are fearful. And I know, I know. We all have that at least one trait about our type that we just cringe at every time. Uh, so what is something you wish everyone else knew about sixes? Yeah, so I think maybe two things. I would say um, just because we're responsible doesn't mean we don't know how to have fun or we're not, or we can't be super fun. Um, And then the second thing is we don't try to think of the worst case scenarios. We can't help it. It's like our brain just thinks of it and it actually puts a lot of pressure on us to think that we can fix or solve things before they happen. Um, And Mm. so have a little grace for your six friends and allow them to have a safe space to talk about the scenarios without making them feel like they're insane for thinking of that if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like if a six is coming to you and like something's going on in their life and there's all these things happening, you need to feel validated. You don't need to be like, you don't want it downplayed. You want, you want to be acknowledged. Like this is, this, it's okay to feel this way. You don't want something. Yes. Or not like smirked out. Like what the heck? Like, what are you, yeah. why would you think that? You know? Cause then it's like, okay, I, I feel like I'm going to go back in my shell. Like I'm just a weirdo or like there's something wrong with my brain. Um, I'm a, you know, whatever, just self-defeating yeah. mode. Yeah. Interesting. I also like your comment about how you can have fun because it's true. Yes. 
but we're gonna make sure we don't get killed while we're having fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're gonna have an exit plan, but you're gonna have fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. That's my dad's like that. If we go to restaurants, he likes to sit facing the door so that he can see all of his exits. Yes, it's like that never, like I feel like now that people talk about it, it's like I'm more aware of that. But at movies, I've always been thinking, well, how do I get out? Like always, yeah. but probably just because scary things have happened at yeah. movie theaters. And so it just kind of scars you. I mean, it's good to have friends that have that mindset though, because it's like, especially like your sevens that are all over the place and just bouncing off the walls. Uh, <laughs> I, I constantly you- tell my sister that's a seven. I'm like, if she's going anywhere, I'm like, make sure to look for this, look at this. And she's like, wow. She's like, I didn't even know. And I'm like, oh, Nicole. <laughs> What do you mean you didn't know? <laughs> That's really fun. I wish I was a seven sometimes. I feel like they're just so carefree. <laughs> I know. What'd you just say? I want to be an eight. Or oh, I thought oh. you said you're an eight. I'm like, you take that back. <laughs> <laughs> you take it back out, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Megan wishes she was an eight. I wish that I, wish that I was a seven. Callie, I hope you're happy with being a six and that you don't wish <laughs> like I us. It's so hard. I feel like I wish I was a little bit of them all, like, you know? True. All the good parts, not the bad parts. Like, you know, it's like I, I would love to be a seven, but I know that they struggle with a lot of things that are still just as hard. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, no, nah, let's just have, let's just, can I get all the good qualities? Right. Let's just, uh, let's like, let's go like, let's treat it like salada. Like you pick the toppings that yes. you want. Add a couple different mixes in there. All the dressings. You got to get that croissant at the end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm trying to say that salada makes me so anxious. <gasps> what? It brings me Why? so much Too many options? Too many choices. And I'm like, what if I pick something like with like, cooked things you can like cook it and it's gonna all mesh together so if it like is weird things that don't go together you can still make it go together but with like salad if it doesn't go together it's not cooked so it's just like chill in there and it's very stressful I've never thought of a salad that way neither have I you should go to Salada with a seven because whenever I go with my sister she's like this is gonna be good this is gonna be good and I'm like yeah I'll get that too shoot you can come with me I love Salada it brings me a lot of joy. That's like the best thing about our old job. I'm just kidding. Right, well, I get that. <laughs> I get that though, because it's like, if, it's like when you go to a new place and you don't know what the parking situation is. You get Oh my so- gosh. That's my biggest, that is one of my biggest fears, y'all. I have to ask people for advice about parking if I'm going to a new place. Oh. Especially like the deep Ellum area where it's just like congested everywhere and it's, it's no. a nightmare. I love how, I love all these side tangents that were going on. It's amazing. Well, it's a six thing. We're like, give me a map, show me a picture and tell me how you got there. <laughs> Please. Like when it comes to parking lots, at least for me, or, like finding it. a business, it's just so awkward. Yep. I, I get it. I totally get it. Especially in Dallas. It's just hard to figure out where you are. And if you get lost, you might end up on a one-way road going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that has not happened to me. Disclaimer to my mother that is listening. Um, okay, so what's your favorite thing about being a six? I know that's so hard because, like, I'm not sure exactly, like, how – because I, I just don't know. I think for me, maybe 
just like the bond I'm able to hopefully create with others. I feel like because I'm so loyal and hopefully consistent with my friendships, um, I feel like that's helpful. And like, I really enjoy that part, like just being able to connect with others and feel like a little bit, it comes a little bit more naturally to me. Um, and I hope that's, I hope that's true, like on the receiving end of that. But um, I also love that, like, I feel the more I understand, like my worst case scenarios or my fears, I think it's like, kind of a little like if it's used in the right way, it can be seen a little bit like a gift from God, like, because it's like, I'm, I'm learning how to be discern, like discernment, I'm learning how to discern situations that don't have to be scary, or sometimes they are. Um, and so if I'm, if I'm like looking through it with the lens of like my personality that God already gave me, but then I'm also using tools like um, trust and like going to God first and prayer and all the things. And I'm able to like really see situations for what they are, not just like the crazy rational ways that I can sometimes get down a rabbit hole with. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that um, when it comes to thinking through those things, it like gives me freedom to live out some hard decisions in life as well or be there for, uh, for friends who are experiencing maybe their worst case scenario um, situation because it's like I've already been there in my head. I'm not saying I understand it like they do, um, but it gives me a little bit, I hope, of compassion to like live it out with them, if that makes sense. And I don't know. I hope that's, I hope people feel that way on the receiving end. I can say that it's true. I know that like, and it's kind of funny, like whenever, um, like something's maybe going on and I, so Callie and I Marco Polo probably every single day, several times a day, uh, since quarantine started. Um, and it's funny cause like, let's say something's going on. Sometimes my fiance will be like, well, what did Callie say about it? Like, I know Callie's <laughs> going to have a good perspective. Uh, and it's, it's so true. That's like, so I, that like makes I, me want to cry. Oh, <laughs> well, I feel like sixes are just so good about that. Like, I don't know if it's like some of the five coming out, but you can see the perspectives and you empathize with people so easily, I feel like. And it's just, it's really nice to have that without, well, empathetic without being overly so like you're rational. I, I know what I'm trying to say, but like the moral of the story is I feel like sixes is one of the types besides like the fours who are really great at that too shout out to Megan uh but sixes is just like they get it they get it they know what to say they know how to comfort you and if you've done right by a six I feel like you guys are so so giving with your opinions and your emotions and your time which I know on the receiving end I'm grateful for thank you Love I really it. appreciate those words of encouragement always we love to encourage. We love it, especially Megan and I being the uh, the emotional Enneagram types. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Megan is our sleepy co-host today, friends. She's yeah. tired. Bedtime is <laughs> She is a teacher in COVID. 5 a.m. wake-up call with a puppy that goes outside five times every morning. Oh, oh my goodness. Show your teacher oh, love. Oh, wow. Show your teacher love. Okay, so let's run out this episode, Callie. Um, do you have any advice for those that maybe love a six, are friends with a six, that just want to know more about six, or even just, you know, for your fellow sixes, some encouragement? What are your final words for us? I would say for your type six friend, um, they might need or want a lot of reassurance. 
And I can imagine that must be so tiring um, to constantly have to give your friend reassurance. But my biggest advice would just be to reassure them with the truths of God also, because when you're reassuring your sixth friend, it's really nice to hear, but your sixth friend is also going to be like, okay, but that may not be true. Like, cause that's just how we're wired. And so I feel like um, whenever a friend can tell me like the truths of God, I know those are unwavering um, and they can't be shaken or taken from us no matter what the worst case scenario is. And so that's really helpful for me to get out of my head um, and just live out the truths of God. And it gives me like a, a sense of freedom instead of sitting in like my brain and in a dark space where um, I just really feel like I can't get out of or it's just uh, overwhelming. Um, and so that's super helpful. And it really just reminds your friend that like, okay, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, and also we're going to ask questions a lot and we're probably going to be a little bit repetitive. At least I am. Maybe I'm just the neurotic one. So just having a lot of grace for your friend and realizing that like, I don't, I don't think we're realizing that we maybe ask the same question multiple times, but I think for me, it's just like, I'm so wanting to make sure that like nothing changed and like, I can trust and I understand. And like, it's going to be, um, I don't know how to say it, but just like, it's stable. Like, I just need to know it's stable. And so sometimes I can look like I'm asking a lot of the same questions and I'm not even realizing it. Okay. And that might be the same for other sixes, or maybe that's just me. Um, and then for my other six friends out there, I would just say, you're not alone. <laughs> if you ever want to talk, hit me up. Um, <laughs> it's okay that we can get in a dark hole and think of like all the horrible things, but we have to remind ourselves that we're not in control. And so the more we allow ourselves to go in that dark hole, we're not um, changing any outcome. We're not technically fixing anything it's out of our hands and we just need to pray for discernment on how to utilize the thoughts that come into our head but not like not let them dictate um our every move and hinder us from enjoying life the way that god wants us to enjoy life if that makes sense that was beautiful i love it thank you for the spiritual perspective too that's i know that's really encouraging i'm sure this is a very hard time for all types, but especially the sixes. Um, so thank you, Callie, for joining us. It was so fun to have you back. Thank you for having me. I love to be with you guys, even if it's virtually. Yes, even if it's virtually, and hopefully soon we can be in person doing all the fun things. We will, we will. I feel yeah. like this is so when we did the episode for the eights, which is Laura's fear of people, she was like, <laughs> I think I like eights now. And now I'm like, okay, this is what a healthy six looks like. I think I like them now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm healthy, <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> you might like us unhealthy too. That's a good thing. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not the biggest fan. <laughs> that was amazing, Kelly. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to lie. We I look. can't lie. She can't lie. She honest. Lies. <laughs> Alright, friends. We're signing off with Callie Kirby. The Six.
always love Enneagram 6s. I feel like they just always provide such an amazing perspective on things, especially Callie. I'm really, really grateful to have her as one of my best friends. Uh, she just always knows what to say, and I feel like that can be said for a lot of Enneagram 6s. So to all of you that are a 6 that are listening, please know that you are so valued and you are not alone. You are free to think of whatever scenarios you need to think of, and we need to do a better job at supporting them. So let's all just come together and live the way Jesus would want us to and just love and support each other, especially in what has been a very difficult year. Um, But all that to be said, we only have one more Enneagram series episode left, and that's our sevens. We're going to get bouncing off the walls with our sevens next week, and we're so excited. Sad that it's the end of our series, but very excited. And after that, we'll get back to our alphabet soup for the soul. But that's all I've got for you guys. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Thief for Podcasts and Megan at The Monday Co. And we will see you next week.